Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, podcast party people, how you doing, how are you hanging after last week's break, took a little break from the podcast, I just got pressed to do it, too much going on, too much going on, wait, what am I doing, I'm trying to turn it down, that's not going down, turning this down, the wrong thing going down. But I'm all, I'd love to say I'm refreshed, but I'm not. I've been talking all day doing press for the new album. Press for the new album of Kingdom and Crown coming out August 26th. Uh, That's right. Yeah. No, it's going good, man. Going good. Before I get onto this, though, I was just talking with my light guy, Martin. And, uh,. He, did, he made some cool videos before, and then he just sent me this, which I didn't even know he did. His band's called Q-Stack, and he did a track with David Hasselhoff of Knight Rider fame. Listen to this shit. Check that out. David Hasselhoff singing. Take back control. So dark is the night we face, but we won't face it alone. We stand on the line. We will never fade away. You got to see the video, too. I'll put the video in here somewhere. So good. David Hasselhoff. So if you're wondering how Q-Stack, a band you probably never heard of, got uh, David Hasselhoff to appear in your video... Well, Martin has a big light company that everybody uses, and David Hasselhoff. Here's the hook. good hook it's a good hook man you can't deny goddamn the goddamn Hasselhoff wrote some good shit that's a good hit it's a good hook there you go all right enough of that I uh yeah anyway Martin has a big light company and he rents out lights to machine head and all this and so apparently David Hasselhoff is one of his (laughs) biggest clients they have a total bromance. Apparently, Hasselhoff loves Martin, and so they're like Hasselhoff will play arenas in Germany and Austria, and so like Martin supplies the lights. And then I guess his band, he has a band called Q Stack, and he was like, "Hey, why don't you do a track with us?" And he was like, "Sure," and so he did. And they made a video and everything. Very futuristic. It's a futuristic video, man. 
But yeah, shout out to Martin. And, you know, shout out to Hasselhoff. Why not? Why not? David Hasselhoff of Knight Rider fame. You Americans might remember him. You won't remember him for much else. He did a, I think he did a America's Got Talent or something that won 10 years ago or something. But probably most famous in America for Knight Rider, the TV series, television series. So, yes, how about that? Anyway, back to my day. Last week or so has been very busy doing press for the new album. People are digging it, really digging it. I got to give a shout out to, uh, I think his name was Oren. Oren O'Brien. I don't know. If I, I, the name was hard to read. I want to say it was Oren, though. O R A N. And uh, he was with Fistful of Metal. And also writes for a thing called Overdrive. Anyway, he did a fucking... He was my first interview today. He was awesome. He was fucking great. It was a great interview. He was a great dude. And it was good. Super good. He was stoked on the record. Like, like no joke. I've had about half of the interviews tell me this is the best thing you've ever done. And it means a lot hearing that. Like, it really means a lot hearing that. You know, like, people are fucking stoked, man. You know, like, people are just fucking, holy shit. Like, where did this come from? And uh, so, yeah. So, you know, b back in the day, before the pandemic, you would go on a press tour. Like, a press tour would be like, you know, the, I, they used to fly me to England and then Italy and then Sweden and Norway and... Finland and Germany, I'd do three days in Germany and three days in the UK and then, you know, Spain and, you know, all over the place. And then you'd spend another week just doing phoners where you're just doing phoners for nine hours a day. So, uh, you know, now with the pandemic, it's a lot different. You know, a lot of magazines went under in the pandemic, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, just kind of doing it on Zoom, which is, which is fine. It's easier. In fact, it's kind of better in some ways. I think it's more convenient for them more convenient for me. They don't got to travel. I don't got to travel. I do miss the travel. The travel was fun. You know, getting to go just bop around. It could be exhausting. It'd be like fucking, you know, 12, you know, you do 10 hours of fucking press and then you jump on a train or a plane and fly to the next town. You land at midnight, go to sleep at two, wake up at eight and then fucking start all over again every day, you know, until you get to Germany. Then you got three days in a row of just the same, same hotel room. But, uh, so, yeah. Yes, sir. That's what we're doing, though. Doing press for the record, getting people excited. People are excited. I just went on TikTok. I did my first TikTok live for the Machine Head official channel, at Machine Head official. And uh, I got, I fucking, something, data leak happened. By the way, before we get anywhere, I don't have a guest today. There's no guest. It's just me talking. Just an intro today. I don't have a guest. Again, I haven't been planning anything because I've been keeping it open for press. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's been wild. But uh, I have no guest today. And what was I going to say? I was just starting to say something. Oh, I did my first TikTok live. And uh, it was cool. You know, it was kind of cool just going on TikTok. And going live. Not a lot of people. We don't have a very big TikTok following. Our biggest followings are on Instagram and Facebook. And also, well, a lot on Twitter. But Twitter is just like a dead zone. I don't know. Like, if you're a band 
I don't even know if there's a reason to post on Twitter anymore. Like, I think we only do like half of our posts now go to Twitter because it's like fucking who, you know, like one comment, like two likes. Like, it's just like, it's, and we have 200,000 followers. I just don't think anybody cares for that type of shit. You know, Twitter's all about the news, right? Instagram, too. Instagram, ever since they changed the fucking reels, it's fucking the, it, the engagement and everything has just plummeted. And, you know, the reels are cool. Other than, you know, it, it's all in that long form, though, which is annoying. Um, and I don't see the difference between posting in a reel and posting on just the regular video like it used to post. You know, like, I don't see the, I don't know what the fucking difference is. I don't see the difference. Other than, you know, Instagram's now competing. Instagram's losing out to TikTok, man. TikTok's number one, if you didn't know. Number one social media app in the world has officially surpassed Instagram and Facebook. So now you're seeing Instagram scrambling to try and keep up and, you know, basically copy everything that's going on on TikTok, which is what Reels is, is a copy of TikTok, though not as good. And just a different, and it is, you know, it's a different audience. It's like a totally different audience. Like I go over there and like nobody, like it's just a whole different world over there kind of cool really and then you go to facebook and holy fuck it's a totally different world over there we still have a very active facebook audience though and they're cool so we're everywhere it's but those are the main ones instagram and now we're going to be a lot more active on tiktok because you can kind of put different stuff up you know they can do duets people can like duet with you and you know shit that you can't really do on any other social media apps apps but it was a good vibe and then, uh, let's see, what else have I done? I'm still reeling from this fucking Uvalde, Texas elementary school shooting. God, I was in a funk for just days after that. It was fucking horrible. God, it was horrible. And there's been like 20 more mass shootings since then. I mean, fucking... You know, these fucking cocksucker politicians like, oh, we need to arm teachers. Arm teachers? <laughs> arm te Like, teachers ain't doing... Like, you ain't paying teachers enough to fucking barely even teach. Let alone fucking arming them to protect other people's children. Well, you know, a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. Bullshit. There was fucking... How many cops? There was 40 policemen outside didn't go in for 75 minutes because they didn't want to get shot. <laughs> you know, I got this. There was this heartbreaking story. I mean, just infuriating story. Woman gets there. Her daughter's in the school. She's screaming at the police. Go, go in there and get my fucking kid out. What the fuck are you doing standing around for 75 fucking minutes? They handcuff her. They handcuffed a bunch of parents, a bunch of parents that had gone down there. Handcuff them, beat them. One, one of them got maced. This is your fucking child in school with an active shooter who has an, and police are standing around. It's the fucking one of the most cowardly fucking demonstrations of law enforcement in American history. 
Anyway, she's fucking frantic, screaming, hysterical. She finally talks them into taking the handcuffs off. What does she do? Fuck you. I'm going in there. She fucking runs into the school. No, she's got no body armor. She's unarmed. No, not like the police. She's got no protection at all. Goes in, gets her fucking kids who were in two different classrooms, you know, right down, right next to the shooter. And one, one of her kids is in the room next door to the shooter. Fucking gets her kids, pulls them out. And it's just like, fuck you. What the fuck? She's pissed. You know, now the police are not cooperating. You know, one of the fucking, one of the parents that ran in was on probation or something. And so now they're threatening to fucking kick her off probation and th- because she ran in. They were like, F- fucking do your job, man. That God, it was fucking horrific. 21 people, 19 kids, man, nine and 10 years old fourth graders just mowed down with one dude who shouldn't have got his hands on a fucking assault rifle shouldn't have got it shouldn't have been able to get an assault rifle at 18 can't even drink alcohol can't even buy cigarettes you can buy an assault rifle you can buy an AR-15 And it was fucking, ugh, killed two teachers, you know, and the teach one of the teachers that died, her husband was so heartbroken that he had a heart attack the next day. He put her, put her to rest, had a heart attack the next day because he fucking just couldn't take it. Fucking, they left behind four kids. Jesus Christ. Some dude who follows me on Instagram that I've, talked with on dms for you know just briefly before it was his aunt i want to say his name was chris cordova Ugh, i reposted what he put it was fucking horrible though you know we need to fucking we don't need to arm teachers we need to ban assault rifles man that's it that's it we gave it a shot we gave it a try gave it a shot's not a good word i gave it a try didn't work. No, they used to be banned up until 2004 or whatever it was, 2014, and then it ended. Not enough. There's not enough good motherfuckers out there, man. Too many fucking idiots. Too many fuck-ups. Too easy to get. Fucking ban them. Ban assault rifles. Nope, you don't get them anymore. That's it. Fucking, you blew it. shit's out of hand in here I know none of these politicians are going to change shit none of them are going to none of them nothing is going to change not a fucking thing in this country they're going to debate and go oh this that the other thing oh we're going to try and work out this and all of it's going to be fucking complete bullshit arm the fucking teachers no you know what all these fucking shithead politicians go to the funeral and look at the fucking open casket funeral that some of these families are having because they couldn't, they had to do a DNA test because they couldn't recognize their fucking child. 
need to make we need to make the doors heavier <laughs> make the what it's not the doors it's not <laughs> a fucking mess this country's a fucking mess Yeah, anyway, took me a while to get over that one. I needed to, I was fucking pissed about it. I was fucking livid about it. Oh, it's heartbreaking, man. You know, someone with kids, Jesus, I can't even imagine what those parents are going through. They're they're devastated for the rest of their lives, you know, for their lives forever changed. Just like that. Sending your kids to school, man. It's a fucking elementary school. Those kids had their whole lives ahead of them. Nine and ten years old. I can't get their faces out of my fucking head. It fucking haunts me, man. But, you know, I did what I normally do and turned to uh, some new Netflix series Watch some TV, TV, take my mind up. I had to get off social media. I had to just watch other shit, man. I'm kind of going through like a social media burnout. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm kind of going through like a burnout with it. You know, not burning out from all the negative shit, but just burning out from the fucking vanity on there. It's just fucking... Too much sometimes. Too much fucking bullshit. You know? Some shit happens like fucking Uvalde, Texas, and then it's just like, here's what I'm eating. I'm like, who here's what who gives a fuck what you're eating? Do you not know what the f- read the room, motherfucker? Everybody doesn't, nobody wants to pose because it's like, oh God, I don't want to piss off the right wing. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Don't go posting a pit, then don't post anything. Don't go posting a picture of fucking what you're eating, though. Like, fucking, we didn't just have something horrible shit happen in this country again. Yet another school shooting. I can tell you right now, someone in the comments or someone in the live chat right now is going, Oh, I spent way too long talking about fucking gun, fucking safety. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking shut up and play music. Learn your facts, man. <laughs> like, like I need to know. Like, like I don't know facts. <laughs> uh, so I started watching the uh, George Carlin documentary. get my mind off of all this bullshit. And if you haven't seen the George Carlin documentary, I think I can it's on HBO Max or maybe it's on Netflix. I can't even remember what it's on, but look it up. Just came out. It is fucking awesome. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is so good. And if you know me, I've reposted a million things from George Carlin on my Instagram. I fucking love George Carlin. Funny as fuck. Brutal. 
doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely savage. And, you know, the thing they talk about is like how, you know, he, when he was younger, he went to go see a comedian named Lenny Bruce. And Lenny Bruce was a very famous comedian back in the, one of the pioneering comedians of like very um, topical, political, societal type of jokes. You know, like up until then, it was kind of just like one-liners. Hey, you know, take my wife, please. You know, that kind of shit. And then he came along and he was like, he was talking about the culture. He was talking about what was happening in America and around the world. And, you know, he wasn't afraid to make people uncomfortable. And boy, did he. I mean, he fucking, he had police at his shows waiting for him to say something controversial so that they could arrest him, like shit like that. And he did it, and he kept on doing it. And apparently a young George Carlin goes to see Lenny Bruce somewhere, I want to say in New York. He grows up in Brooklyn, you know, poor, and, you know, fucking father's out of the picture. And that really smart, brilliant guy, like really smart. Sm- smokes weed for the first time when he's 13 years old, drops out of high school in ninth grade. I was like, holy shit. Anyway, I mean, dude was a fucking rebel brother was kind of you know they were kind of like not a gang but like you know a bunch of little street punks kind of fucking small like gang dudes gang of dudes and uh you know he fucking he uh he goes and see him i want to say he's 15 years old if i got that right and i could be wrong but you know i want to say he's around 15 and fucking lenny bruce starts getting arrested George Carlin stands up, starts protesting. You shouldn't arrest him. Fuck you. And like fucking cops grab him. They throw both of them in the slammer. Both of them go to, they ride to the fucking jail and end up in jail together. And fucking, you know, it's like this, this moment changes his life forever. Like it changes, like he's like now, like this is what, this is what I want to do. But. You know, in order to become a comedian back then, you had to kind of play the straight guy. You had to play the safe thing. And, you know, so he goes on. Uh, he ends up getting like some Johnny Carson gigs and some, you know, some I forget what the name of the shows were. But like, you know, whatever the back then it was a lot of, uh, you know, to be on TV was like, um, what's it called? Uh variety shows so it's like a variety it's like musicals and then they got a little comedy bit and they got some sketches and they got you know it's like variety shows that you know people don't really remember the names of now but you know he starts getting on there and he's kind of you know he's like a straight guy he's got short hair and he's wearing a suit and you know no beard or nothing this is before all that but you know he he's in tune with the culture and he's doing little um little kind of dog whistles to hippies you know, like weed jokes and, you know, jokes about joints and pretending to be stoned. Like, hey, man, yeah, like, da, 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 you know, like pretending to be stoned. And like, if you were a stoner, you knew what he was talking about. He couldn't say any of that. He couldn't do all of that. But he's kind of like, he's, you know, he's pushing the fucking boundaries. And then, uh, you know, and then he comes out and then he starts doing, you know, he's like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. He grows his hair, grows his beard, like fucking starts, you know, really getting edgy for the time, like in the seventies. And he's got all these words that he can't say. And like, you know, even in comedy shows, like he gets arrested for swearing, you know, he gets arrested for all this crazy shit. Like kind of the same thing that starts happening with Lenny Bruce. And then he makes a whole skit 
the seven words you can't say on television or in comedy privately. But, you know, it's shit, fit, you know, shit, piss, cunt, you know, fuck, fuck dick, whatever. And uh, kind of skyrockets. You know, he gets, you know, goes into his personal life, gets married, has a kid, you know, it's got his daughter in it. Um, she talks a lot about their life and, you know, his cocaine addiction and, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And then, you know, he, he has a bunch of success, does some movies, and then he kind of like, he goes through a valley. You know, as most, any artist, any musician, any, like, you know, there's always like, you know, they have a high and then there's a valley followed by a valley. So now he's, he's not, um, he's not getting as much work. He doesn't get as much comedy gigs. He's kind of view, viewed as, you know, passe, all these, you know, Cheech, dude, I got to say, it was kind of shocking. Cheech and Chong diss the fuck out of George, Cor- George, George Carlin. Chong, Tommy Chong says, George Carlin is obsolete in a Playboy article. Like fucking, they're talking about the comedians that are happening. And, and I was like, oh, wow. Like that's a pretty big diss for a comedian back in the seventies, you know, but, but, you know, I guess that type of shit happened. And, uh, I guess Carlin's pissed about it. And, you know, he's like trying to figure out his life his wife's becoming an alcoholic. He's becoming a Coke addict. And, and then he guess he goes and sees Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison is a very famous uh, comedian from the eighties. Very short lived, you know. Didn't have a long career. Ended up ODing and dying. But man, the fucking specials that he put out are so fucking brilliant and funny. I mean, just fucking hilarious. And uh, and really aggressive. You know, like really like not mean. But like angry, like his specials were, it was like angry comedy. And I guess George Carlin sees this and is super inspired by it. Like totally just like, uh, this is, this is where I need to go. Like, this is what I need to do. And so he starts his next, he gets a special with HBO, which was a young company then that didn't, you know, it was kind of like going on. XM serious X satellite radio now or something or internet radio. And, uh, they give him total control. They're like, you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. And he does his special and it's fuck. It's a success. It's very, very, um, angry. And he's talking about, so then that does so good that he goes out and he does another special. And this special, this is the one that I maybe my favorite Carlin special but he opens up with a joke about abortion and how none of these conservative motherfuckers give two fucks about fucking, you know, the unborn, the unborn. And he goes on. I mean, it's so fucking savagely funny. And like, you know, you know, these motherfuckers that, you know, the second they knock up their fucking mistress or their girlfriend, they're that fucking bitch is getting an abortion. Yeah. Not a fucking chance she ain't. And so, you know, he starts pointing out all this fucking hypocrisy. And it's fucking, it's probably 20 years old. And it's still absolutely, you will not hear a comedian even touching any of the shit that he taps into. 
None of this. The fucking Christian right. The fucking bullshit fucking abortion shit and the drug law i mean he spares nobody no even the left you know he's a fucking hippy dippy liberal like fucking they get fucking crucified as well so good man i didn't realize how many of those i'd seen you know and i remember being a kid and i was like it wasn't funny to me like it was too political like i you know i was watching him probably when i was like a late teenager and uh I was just like, I don't know, like, this is too angry. This isn't that funny. Like, it's, but like, as an adult, oh my God, like, it's just, even now, it's so fucking scathing and hilarious. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't recommend it enough. It's two parts. It's like two parts, really well done. You know, goes into his whole life, goes into him dying, goes into his legacy, has tons of, like, every fucking comedian on the, Bill Burr, you know, like everybody. They talk to everybody. I can't believe how big comedy is right now either. You know, George Carlin at his peak is doing Radio City Music Hall, you know, 5,000 seater. Comedians now, I just had, my Bill Burr just came to Oakland. He played the fucking Oakland Coliseum. Oakland Coliseum. It fucking Burt Kreischer's doing Coliseums. Tom Segura's doing Coliseums. Like, it's fuck. Kevin Hart's doing stadiums <laughs> and, col- and arenas. It's fucking insane. And the ticket prices, dude, it's crazy. I went, I went to buy tickets for fucking Tom Segura. The, t- the cheapest ticket was $85. <laughs> I was just like... What in the fuck are you kidding? And it was in the back of the fucking room. I was like, fuck that. Back of the fucking hall. You know, like nosebleeds. Raking in dough. It's insane. Like, I guess it's just so crazy. People need, people have turned to fucking comedians to just help them forget. You know, certainly not turn into musicians. I can tell you that. You know, I mean, unless you're Drake or fucking, you know, Taylor Swift does two nights at fucking Levi Stadium here in the Bay Area. Drake does four nights at Madison Square Garden. But, you know, Coldplay does two nights at Levi Stadium. But, you know, I don't know if people are turning to any of those bands to take them away from this. You know, Pearl Jam does two nights in an Oakland arena. That's that's. That's the status that I want. It was them, one opener. There was just like their friends, you know. Didn't even like no one even get, and, and no one cared anyway. It's not like when fucking people found out Pearl Jam was going like, what are the seven open bands, seven opening bands that are playing before? No, it's this fucking weird thing in metal. Like we got to have seven band bills and fucking festivals with three hundred bands and God, fuck, I hate it. No, no, Pearl Jam status. That's what I want. Taylor Swift status. Don't matter. It, it doesn't fucking matter who the fuck is coming with Taylor Swift. All those people are going to go see her. To be fucking two complete unknowns. No one gives a fuck. Bring one band out. My homies, whoever they are. And then Machine Head for two and a half, three hours. That's it. That's what I want to do. 
fucking comedian status. Bill Burr, it was, I think it was Bill Burr and one opener who had a half an hour set. That's it. And he only does an hour. <laughs> These motherfuckers are playing arenas. They're doing one hour of comedy, which is a long, that's a long show for comedy. It's a lot of fucking comedy. An hour, though. But it's just amazing how many times he fucking reinvented himself and just re, you know, just caught wind of what the culture was doing and just fucking, it's a great, I can't recommend it enough, man. It's awesome. George Carlin documentary. Check it out. I started watching The Mandalorian. As you may know, I am a huge Star Wars fan, but I've kind of gotten out of Star Wars, honestly. Like, I got Star Wars, I got Star Wars burnout. Too many movies, too many, I just, I was, I got, I got tired of it. And, uh, I didn't, like, I had been hearing about the Mandalorian for a while. Like, I was like, ah, you know, fucking Boba Fett, or, it's a, you know, it's a fucking, I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't care. I just didn't care. And, uh, man, that show's good. It's so good. Like, it's so ridiculously good. Now I'm totally hooked. Baby Yoda. They got Baby Yoda. The Baby Yoda is so cute. I love him. I love the Baby Yoda. So cute. It's all cooing. Cool, cookie, cookie, cookie. That's the best. And then it's a Mandalorian. It's basically Boba Fett, who I guess they call the Mando. The Mandalorian. The Mando. And, uh, and then I just found out, I watched the, I just realized it was, uh, Prince Oberon from Game of Thrones. I was like, oh shit, it's Prince Oberon, red. So now I've got a Game of Thrones connection. It's got the fucking one dude from Breaking Bad who owned Los Poyos, El, you know, El Pollo Hermano, or Los Poyos Hermanos. It's got, uh, God, it's got so many people on there. The opening episode had fucking Brian Bassane. <laughs> Had Brian Pesane in it. I was just like, holy shit, that's Brian Pesane. It's great. Bill Burr was in an episode. Speaking of Bill Burr. Um, yeah, it's great, man. Really well done. Great storyline. You know, and it's funny, too, because it's like Disney, so there's no swearing. You know, it can be violent, but there's no It's like, oh, we'll just take the bait, you hunk of junk. I'm like, hunk of junk? Like, who says hunk of junk? <laughs> Who the fuck says that? But, you know, it, I get it. And it works. You know, it's, it's good to have a little innocence here and there. And, uh, yeah, I'm really into that. Just finished season one last night, starting season two tonight. But, yeah, flying through that shit. It's awesome. And then I guess there's a new Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor, and it's supposed to be great. And there's two others. One show called Bad Batch, which I haven't heard anybody talking about. And then another one called something something else. I don't even know. And then there's a fucking anime Star Wars now. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to go too crazy on Star Wars. But I do dig that it's like a series now. Like I can I can jam on the series. Like I can, as long as the series is good, I can get into it. So I'll be fucking around that. Now I'm pulled back into the Star Wars universe. Just like that. Inner, the inner child in me instantly goes back to the Star Wars universe because I love it. I loved it so much as a kid. 
was a total Star Wars nerd. Then I became an anime nerd. Then I became a metal nerd. And now apparently I'm turning back into a Star Wars nerd. As well as the other three. Or the other two. But yeah, check it out. Leave me some comments. Write me some emails. You guys haven't written me an email in forever. What was the last email? Let me read the last email I got. I don't even remember what it was. The last email that I got, somebody sending something to no effing regrets podcast at gmail.com. What do we got here? My boy Dominic, give it a shot. I don't know what this means. And I got a sponsorship inquiry. What is this? I don't know what this is. It looks like it's a video. Robert Mann sent me something. My boy Dominic, give it a shot. I don't know. I think this is just music. I don't even know what it is. But it's not loading, whatever it is. Um, let's see. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, Robert Mann asked if I could do a segment on the Rave Eagles Ballroom and the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've spent several nights at that hotel, played and seen many shows at the Rave. These places are fucking haunted. So many bands have stories. Uh, Jeff Gomes sent me a YouTube clip of the tubes, White Punks on Dope. Have you seen this? Totally amazing. Um, let's see. Yeah. Not a lot, man. Not a lot. Steve Sins Jr. says, holy fucking shit, Rob. This new song, Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate, is heavy. Uh, again, uh, Ashes... 2022, this is the best bad dream I've ever had, dude. God damn. Let's see. Okay, Robert, man. Eagles ballroom stories. I'll end it with this. This will be my last thing. I've been talking just for 40 minutes here. So I'll end it with this. Robert Mann requested that I tell some stories about the Eagles ballroom. Fuck, dude. I've played this play. I've been playing this place since I was in fucking violence back in 1988. I need to get away from the. I can't. I need to get someplace else than the Eagles Ballroom or the Rave or the fucking Jesus. Like a fucking. I'm on a hamster wheel. I can't get out of the fucking Eagles Ballroom. Great shows for the most part. I prefer the Eagles Ballroom to the Rave. I don't really like the Rave. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I think the shows are always better at the Eagles Ballroom for some reason. But it's the bigger room, so Machine Head doesn't always headline there. Um, I do, I do know that it's haunted. Yes, I've been down to the haunted pool down in the basement and, uh, I've bopped around there looking for ghosts. Didn't see anything. Um, let's see my, my, probably my craziest, uh, Eagles ballroom story is we played, a show there back in violence. I'll tell you this because I played, I've played so many shows with Machine Head there that I honestly, they all just blur into each other. I know some of them are great, some of them were okay, but been some great ones. Most of the time, great and great audience. I love the people there. 
Wisconsin in general is fucking awesome. Madison, Wisconsin's amazing. Milwaukee. Um, but back when I was in violence, uh, we played there, and I want to say it was the last night of the tour. It was us and Defiance headlining, and this was this was when the middle, the smaller room was like a different layout. This is back in like 1990 or something. This is a long time ago. And uh, I just remember the the guitar player for Defiance came on stage and he fucking, his name was Doug. He was a dick. <laughs> he came on stage and he fucking had a fire extinguisher and he fucking fire extinguished the stage. We were like, what the fuck? You know, it's like that kind of shit that takes all the oxygen out of the area. We're like, dude, that it was a raging show. And then uh, after the show, I remember for some reason, I don't know why, but I didn't. We just went right into partying, and we were spending the night at the Ambassador Hotel. And the Ambassador Hotel is where the serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer, used to stalk his victims. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a gay serial killer, so he would hunt other gay men and then, you know, seduce them at the bar and then take them back to his place at the around the corner. He had the house right around the corner. And... uh so I go there and I we don't see Jeffrey Dahmer, but I go there and for some reason, I don't know why, I normally would change my clothes. Maybe I wouldn't have. Like back then, I don't know. I might not have changed my stage clothes. Like I might have just wore my stage clothes for the rest of the night, depending on how sweaty they were. And if they weren't too sweaty, I'd probably just do it. But then but I remember after this show it was a really I was packed. The show was fucking raging and you know, sweat box. And uh I went over there to just start drinking and uh, we had, it was like chock and I'm fucking soaking wet still. So I get to the bar. It's kind of cold out, cold-ish, not freezing, but like cold-ish. And I start drinking. I'm getting hammered. Well, Milwaukee back in this time of the day, back in this times, was, was, it's fucking rough town. Like it was a fucking, and this was a rough area of town. And lots of pimps, lots of hookers in the bar. And, you know, I started getting drunk and I'm just hanging out with all the bands and we're just saying goodbye and yada, yada, yada. And then this like cute black girl comes up to me and, you know, she's totally on crack, but like she's cute and like, you know, starts talking to me and I'm like, well, what's up? You cute for a rocker? And call, you know, telling me I'm cute for a rocker. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, like, you're cute too. And, uh. I, I know she's a hooker. Like, I know for a fact that she's a prostitute, and I have enough of a buzz that I don't care. I'm like, fuck it. I've never been with a prostitute. You know, I mean, I've been with groupies, but I've never been with prostitutes. Like, I've never paid for sex, you know, outright, at least. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, fuck it. Like, why not? Like, I'm hammered. Like, like be fine i'll just get a blow job like what does it matter and uh so she takes me over to she takes me out of the hotel into this building right down the street from the hotel and you know as soon as i leave the hotel i'm like what am i doing this is crazy (laughs) like fucking why am i doing this and uh and this is the ambassador hotel to tie it back to robert Mann's request about the eagles ballroom and the ambassador hotel so i'm leaving the ambassador hotel with a prostitute (laughs) I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I doing? It's night, like fucking, you know, it's fucking super rough part of town. I'm like, white boy. Like, I'm like, what am I, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? And uh, we go into this fucking building and dude, it's like a straight up like 
project. I'm just like, oh, hell no. I'm walking up. It's a, All it is is just nothing but a bunch of black dudes smoking blunts and crack and like, oh, white boy. Like, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to get jumped. I'm going to get killed. And I'm like, I'm totally not horny <laughs> anymore. And we get into the, she knocks on this door, she goes into this room, and I'm just like, okay, like, fucking, we go in there, and it's just like, it's just like a hotel room, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like one of those $20 cheap motel hotels, you know, hourly rates, you know what I mean, like $20 an hour, and, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, probably not even that, probably like five bucks an hour, and, uh, you know, she's like, okay, you know, like, let, let's whip it out, <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm starting to relax. Like, I'm like, okay. Start, start, start sucking my dick. And I'm like, all right. Like, okay. Like, I'm starting to get a hard on. I'm like, all right. Okay, I can do this. And the next thing I know, I hear, ka-ching! I hear like a bunch of shit happen in the kitchen. And I'm in it. Like, this is like a, this is like an apartment building room. And I hear like a bunch of shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? I see, you know, like I turn around. I see some white dude in there glasses fucking long hair thinning hair and like i'm like who the fuck's that like i fucking like i'm gonna fucking murder everybody right now like i think i'm getting jumped that's what i think is happening (laughs) and i'm like she's like oh don't don't worry about him he lives here he just lets me use this room (laughs) i was just like oh hell no like he just lets so let's let me get this you suck his dick probably like once a week and then for that, he lets you use this room to suck other people's dick. Everyone was like, oh, I was like, I can't, I can't be here. I don't know. I don't, this is, this is not what I want. And uh, she's like, what? It's fine. He's not, he don't, he don't care. Like, fucking, I'm just like, no, I just, we got to get out of here, dude. Like, I'm like, no, like fucking, she's like, fine. Okay, let's get out of here. Pull my pants back up. I'm like, fucking get out. Like, you know, this is my first time being with a hooker. I'm like, oh my God. We fucking finally go down, and she's like, where do you want to go? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, we're walking out the back of the building. I'm like, there's a little alley. It's like a little alleyway behind the building, and it's got like, you know, it's just like a little part where you can walk in, and nobody can really see it from the street. So I'm like, let's go in here and just like, you know, go over here. You know, and keep in mind, I'm still wearing sopping wet gig clothes. It's fucking really cold out. I'm fucking... I've got soaking wet pants on, soaking wet underwear, soaking wet shirt, soaking wet vest. My fucking, I'm a, I, my cock is a stack of dimes on its best day. You know, like it's freezing. It's literally my nuts are just, everything's cold and shriveled up. And I'm like, fuck, you know, it's fucking, I want to say it's like 19 degrees outside. And I'm like, fuck. Anyway, I'm like, whatever. She starts, she starts blowing me, and I'm like, okay, like I might be able to do this. Next thing I know, a fucking, a fucking security guard comes around the corner, flashlight, fucking, hey, get the fuck out of here, man, fucking, you can't be. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm just like, fuck it, like fuck this shit. Fucking pull up my pants and like go back and you know silence the long silent silent walk back to the ambassador which is where everybody i know is hanging which is just around the corner we walk back in and i'm like i'm still drunk and i'm like fuck man i you know paid 20 bucks for this fucking blowjob and i gave this the pimp 20 bucks and i was like i was like i'm gonna get my money back i'm saying this to her i'm like complaining like i'm gonna get my money back like fuck this shit man like you know you didn't finish the blowjob and she's like oh you better go talk to my pimp like you know it's not it's not up to me honey and i'm like i'm gonna go fucking yeah that's what i'm gonna do and i fucking go and i'm all fucking drunk and white and fucking i go up to my <laughs> go up to the pimp the fucking 
pimp is fucking huge and fucking like looks like he just got out of prison. He's got giant fucking arms and fucking wearing a white t-shirt. I remember he's wearing a white t-shirt. And I look and I go, hey man, you know, I chick took me over to that, you know, your girl took me over to that room and there's a guy in there. And, you know, then we went around the corner into like the alleyway and like fucking she didn't finish me off. So you know, I want I want to get my money back. <laughs> and he just he just looks he looks at me like this. I don't know if you're, you can't see me if you're just listening, but he looks at me like this, like, like, what, white boy? That's the look on his face is, what, you crazy white boy? He just looks up, he looks at me, and then he lifts up his t- his white t-shirt, and there's a huge fucking gun, like a forty four Magnum, or just some huge revolver, like, in his fucking, in his, in his, in his, in his belt, like, there, and I was like, uh, I'll just gonna go drink over here, I'm gonna go drown my sorrows over by the bar. Thanks. You keep you keep that twenty bucks, okay? So there, there, right there. <laughs> there is my one and only hooker experience, and probably my most memorable Eagles Ballroom Ambassador Hotel experience. So there, Robert, man. I hope that uh, lived up to your expectations of uh, stories from the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I hope you guys have an awesome uh, weekend. I will be back. I have a guest. I think I have a guest next week. Uh, I think I might even have a couple of guests. And so we'll be back on schedule with you know the podcast and guests and everything. Just as I said before, it's going to get a little more intermittent as we get closer to the tour and you know the record release, and I got videos to do, and I got press to do, and so it's going to be a little harder to keep up with everything. But I, I, at the very least, I will do an intro, even if I don't do a guest appearance. So uh, anyway, you guys, have a good one. Everybody, peace out, and uh, keep your head up, man. Keep your head up.